Hello, and welcome to Reel Number 6 of The Usual's Real Reviews, where we discuss the news, rumors, and trailers of our favorite and upcoming movies. I'm your host, Will, and with me is my hetero life mate, Marshall. Say How you doing? Buddy. I'm good. How you doing? What's up? Uh, not much. How you doing? I'm chilling, dude. It's been- I'm not hosting, and I'm chilling, and I'm uh, drinking a beer. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, it's been a while, man. been a while. I think it's, uh, um, it's important to do it when we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. And uh, after major releases, we've both finally seen yeah. BVS. And we did. I think the last thing we did was Deadpool. Yeah. Right. So you know, I think it's important. And you know, we're gonna, just going to be doing one in a couple of weeks once Civil War oh, comes out. Civil War comes out, we might record right after. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> it is going to be. I'm amazing. wearing a Civil War shirt right now. You are, and I would be if I hadn't ordered the wrong size. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So, uh, so what are you drinking, my friend? Uh, right now, I'm drinking Torpedo. You know, my usual, uh, uh, not usual, my usual Sierra Nevada. Uh, extra IPA, but I've got, um, what do I have in the, oh, I've got a Ballast Point, uh, Big Fish IPA in the fridge Ooh, waiting for me after this. So very I'm excited. Nice. Uh, I'm, uh, I've got a little bit of back pain, so I'm, uh, taking some ibuprofen, so I'm, uh, laying off the booze tonight, but I'm enjoying Close. it. But I am enjoying <laughs> I hate you. I'm, I'm enjoying a nice, uh, nice smooth IBC cream soda. Nice, dude. What's, what's also kind of nice is we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're, it's a different setting than we normally do. It's earlier in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, my my kids are not asleep. My wife isn't home, so I feel like we're this is like the the smooth jazz hour. It is, and you're hitting the. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't go anywhere there. And you're listening to the smooth jazz hour with Marshall and Will. Yes. So imagine you're having a frosty beverage with us in your favorite movie theaters. We turn down the house lights and start the show. That was smooth, bro. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, what do we got? What are we doing? Let's talk about stuff. I got the Vite Berry. <laughs> know what that means? Yeah, if you guys have ever seen Van Wilder, you should know that. Oh, I, uh, I never got through that movie. Okay, it's a great movie because Ryan. Re- speaking of Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds tells Cal Penn, who plays his assistant, to get some Barry White, some candles, and so with. <laughs> Later on, when he accidentally sets fire to himself and jumps out oh the window, God. you hear the music coming out the window, and it's Barry Manilow. <laughs> because instead of getting Barry White, he went to the record store and asked for the Vite Barry. Oh, I see. And he got Barry yeah. Manilow. I got it. I it's got one it. of those little hint things you don't catch unless you're watching it. Okay, anyways. Moving on. Moving on, we've got quite a bit of movie news. Um, do you want to go into the... Yeah, what do we want to do first? Do we want to do we want to just be done with the Batman v Superman stuff? Yeah, let's do our discussion topic. Right, and uh, we both have finally seen BVS. It took a while. Um, I saw it second week. You saw it like fourth week. Yeah, something like that. Um, and we're a little after the fact here, but I think because of the show we do, we have to talk about it. Um, uh, so just, I mean, do we want to talk about these news items around it first, or do we yeah, want to talk about let's impressions? Let's talk about the news items, and right. then we'll react to that, and uh, right. and we'll give our own thoughts. So, one of the articles that came out, and I think this was from a few weeks ago, right after the movie came out, it said, uh, Warner Brothers says there's a disconnect between critics and audiences on Batman v Superman. Um, there was definitely a split audience with this film. Even within the audience, not even just critics and audience. Within the audience, there's a split. But any time you have a big-budget tentpole blockbuster movie there usually is a split between critics and audiences very rarely do you get a blockbuster that is critically acclaimed as well as uh, well received by the audience like avatar or force of the awakens or um uh, what's the one that's a deadpool yes very rarely do you get those and i think did we talk about on our main show the drop-off i think we did 
We did. And now there was a major, uh, was it 70%? Yeah, 70 plus percent. But it's I almost mean, 75. Yeah, I mean, still, even when you, when you debut at like 140 million, that's still. Well, everybody saw it already. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and they, I'm sure they were anticipating a lot of their, their income would be overseas, which has happened. They've actually oh, yeah. just passed Deadpool, um, overall, I believe. So it was really big overseas, which makes sense. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just like the Transformer movies. Um, right. Avatar is even bigger overseas than it is in the U.S. It's right. just the way it is. Um, so uh, there's a number of the, I guess we don't have to talk about all of them, but a lot of the stars were asked about the film. Um, right. And Jason Momoa being one of them. Did you read this? I didn't, I didn't grab it. I did this not one. read this one. Um, so Jason Momoa and Ray Fisher respond to Batman v Superman critics. And, and if you don't know, Jason Momoa plays Aquaman. He does. And uh, it's looking really good for that movie. Yeah. That looks really, really good. By the way. And Ray Fisher plays Cyborg, by the way. Right. So these are the two guys that we see. And by the way, spoilers. There's going to be spoilers in this episode. We'll just say it up front. If you haven't seen Batman v Superman, which I think everybody has by now. Yeah. Um, what are you waiting for? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, stop the podcast, go see it, and come back. It's probably still playing in your theater. Jesse Momoa and Ray Fisher, the actors who play Aquaman and Cyborg in the DCU, respectively, aren't happy with the way Batman v Superman has been treated by critics and fire back in them with humorous images on their social media sites. So this is them kind of pushing back, I'm thinking, because, I mean, from what I hear from Aquaman, like the murmurs about Aquaman right now, it's going to be sick. Same thing with Wonder Woman. Yeah. They just say I had some leaked footage of Wonder Woman. Really? And I've, I've purposely not watched it. Um, because I'm, no, I don't want to watch it. I'm very excited about one, the, just the fact that they're doing it in a historical setting. It's going to be around World War One. Yeah. Uh, and that it's got Chris Pine in it and how Gal Gadot knocked it out of the park in the MBVS. Oh yeah. She was one of the best parts about it. Although it would have been nice to see her more. Um, yeah. her and Batfleck, I think were, were some of the shining parts of that film, but, um, we're kind of getting our head of ourselves a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, what do you think about, I mean, it makes sense the actors are upset. Not upset, yes. but like kind of saying, Hey, you know, we're poking fun at this. We're going to still have our movies. Right. Um, they can't stop the DCU cinematic universe now. Right? No, they're, they're way too much invested in it. And, and from what I also hear, since we're talking about the things that we hear, um, Suicide Squad, uh, those, those that, uh, who did I? Oh, I can't remember where I heard it from. Maybe it was Bernardin or, or one of the guys that maybe have seen some stuff, but they're, they're just saying it's going to be, it's tracking really, really well. It is. It's, it's tracking as well as Deadpool did. And Deadpool was, was tracking at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes uh, yeah. up until opening <laughs> night. And I want to say, uh, Suicide Squad's tracking at close to 98. Something like, like that. that. It's, I mean, it's just, it, especially since the latest trailer where, uh, Batman is featured in it. Right. Um, it's, it's good. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump to these, cause I threw most of these things in here. Um, there's a couple of, uh, petitions out there. Um, of course, one to get him booted from Justice League, Zack Snyder meaning, and the other to keep him. So makes sense. I this don't, is, I don't know the status of either of these petitions. I just think these things are kind of funny now. It's really interesting you brought this up because I just watched a, a Nerdist News uh, a couple days ago and Jessica Chobot was really going ham on, um, the, what the main, problem that the DEC, DCEU has that the MCU does not have. Right. And the biggest thing that the DCEU is lacking is Kevin Feige. There's no Kevin Feige to take can take the reins. Somebody who right. knows the system and is a fanboy that can control all the moving parts. Well, to keep so that not structure, any, too, yeah, and so keep everything working. Yeah, over the course of dozens of movies. Right. right. And as of right now, there is nobody like that in the DCEU. And it's kind keep of... that continuity, I think, is right. the right word. Yeah. And it's 
kind of falling on Zack Snyder, which if that is the case, then one, it's not fair to the audiences because he can just throw crap in whenever he wants. Like deciding that the two different Barry Allens. Right. Right. Some somebody like Kevin Feige would have had that worked out way ahead of oh, yeah. Snyder even being hired. It would never we never even would have even heard of the consideration of another Barry right. Allen if exactly. it was MCU. Right. They either just would not have done it or have made it the same person. Right. That way you don't have the conflict. The second thing that they pointed out was that also it it's not fair to Zack Snyder because right. with him not really even being told to do this stuff he's kind of being forced into it and it's just it's it's uh, detracting from his ability to be a good director do you think he'll take off and i mean the the i'm asking this question because we know uh which i might be jumping the gun here but uh ben affleck uh, we talked about is going to be doing a his own batman movie or is the next batman right well directing writing it i don't think i thought he was directing i don't think it's been greenlit for him to direct it yet well he wrote it yeah he's writing a script for it now um the thing that the thing about that, I don't think Snyder's going to leave. Okay, because even though he has done some popular stuff in the past, it's right now it's you don't walk away from the bank. It's a good point, and that's what it is for him right now. What I think would help him and the DCEU is if they brought somebody in to be the Kevin Feige. Yeah, Jessica Chobot on Nerdist News brought up some some people that they thought would be great for it, and of course the you know the the obvious one is Berlanti. Oh. Because he's already doing such a great job with the CWU verse. If they were to bring him in, mm-hmm. just mean, because he knows how to do multiple properties, mm-hmm. right? And um, yeah, Barry Allen. Um, the thing about that is, is that his properties tend to be a little bit more fluffier mm-hmm. and less dark, right? And this stuff right now is dark, especially we got Suicide Squad, right? We came off of. I think a, he could pull it off, stuff, but yeah. Um, the main attraction for that is that they said he wrote Green Lantern. So we know he can do crap too. Eek. Um, another one they brought up is if they just backed up a rink truck and brought back, uh, uh, Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. Uh, not? not to necessarily direct anything, but to just to pull the strings. Just to, just to organize it. Um, but then the, the people that, that Chobot said that they would love is the two guys and, uh, uh, Tim's and Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim and the other guy, the two people that run the animated universe. Yeah. They've Bruce Tim's brilliant. They've been doing it right for 20 years. Yep. Bring them in. And we saw him talking to, to, exactly. to Smith that Yeah, year. when we yeah. I saw the uh, Fat Man at Batman at Comic-Con a few years ago. Yeah. Um, they would be the no-brainers for it. So yeah. I, I think if they brought, brought in that team, brought in Berlanti, it would be a, I think that would be a win. And it would free up Snyder to do what he does, which is to yeah. make a marvelous spectacle. Yeah. And to make his, his dark, yeah, spectacle films i think that's yeah i think that would work um i wanted to bring up the kevin smith stuff because he got some flack after the movie came out right um he put up his reaction I mean, i've listened to it i don't know if you watched it but i did to me i think how do i want to say this to me it felt like um bernardin was a little harder on the film than smith was yeah well bernardin comes from critics writing he is but yeah. he's also a good storyteller yeah whereas smith is a very specialized storyteller exactly yeah I right think that's it's a, a different point. type of story that, that smith doesn't normally tell right whereas bernardin does tell that type of story i mean and so i didn't have a problem with smith's review Not and then, at all. And, then he, and then he saw it again with uh jason muse and if you listen to his stuff he says he only saw a little over half of it before a actual fight broke out in the movie theater and they had to leave um which i thought was kind of funny but also kind of gnarly at the same time um but yeah man i i mean 
I think Smith is saying a lot of the things that a lot of people are saying. And so we might as well get in our, yeah, our stuff here. Ahead. I mean, um, overall, what did you think just of the film? Um, I enjoyed it. Um, and unlike most people where they wish they hadn't heard the bad things about it, I am glad I heard Smith's reaction and everything going in. Because if you, with this particular movie, and I hate to say this, there was no way this movie was going to win. No. Right? Because, but it was still going to make a poop ton right, of money. Right, yeah. It's going to win in that <laughs> respect. But yeah. it's not going to win in the respect that it had to be too many things to too many people. They were trying to come in and bring this as basically the Avengers, right? Right. The amalgamation of, of a whole bunch of different characters that spur off a whole bunch of storylines. The unfortunate thing that it didn't have going for it was before the Avengers, we had Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and uh, Iron Man 2. Right. We had four standalone movies that set up character development. And Thor aside, pretty damn good ones. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man 2, I guess, is a little... I thought Thor was better than Iron Man 2. Um, Thor 1 was good. Yeah, Thor Thor 2 was a little bit of a mess. Yeah. But what this one didn't have, it didn't have that. All it had was Man of Steel, which had so many... The critics already hated that anyway. <laughs> right. And <laughs> mostly because of, I mean, and not, not necessarily because of Henry Cavill. I thought he's great. No, he's fine. And Amy Adams is a decent Lois Lane. It's more of the, the forced humanism put on, put upon him by the Kevin Costner father. Right. Right. Which is fine. It's just the way they went. And it was a, a choice X Snyder made and he, he owned it. Right. He right. didn't apologize for it. He even doubled down with it in this one. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, and I'm okay with that. But it with only having that as a setup, you couldn't introduce a brand new version of Batman, which right. is fine. A brand new version of Wonder Woman, a brand new version of Lex Luthor, a brand new version of Doomsday. Right. And then introducing spot versions of Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg, and uh and Wonder Woman again. Yeah. It's just like you It was a little funky the way they did that too. I I mean I mean that's part of the flack out there but continue yeah Sorry. i uh, mean the way that they introduced the, the minor characters i like calling them metahumans was a little bit weird though well there was a the metahuman thing because they kind of had to say that right? right and then you have because they're trying to sync things up a little bit i suppose right especially when um, you see the the uh cctv footage of the cyborg thing right and it actually says star labs right and so you have that but then like some people pointed out, and I heard this after the fact, unlike you, actually, I didn't listen to Kevin Smith till after. Okay. Um, and, but I had heard generally people, you know, the script's kind of a mess. There's some weird stuff in there, but I never go into these movies thinking like, I never go into these movies with, with really expectations. Right. I, I go into these movies wanting to be entertained, see Batman again on the screen, um, see what they're going to do with the characters. And I, I honestly, part of the biggest issue I had was just, some of the characters and in, well, the story was a little funky too, but, but going back to what you were saying about the star labs thing, it was like, so I guess Lex Luthor and somebody said somewhere Lex Luthor created like the logos for them. And like the, 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 because I mean, what was it? Uh, the flash symbol and stuff like that. Like I, I guess Lex, cause it's like an email or something, right? Yeah. That, that, that she opened up. Yeah. Well, it's video footage. It's a, uh... But the logos are there. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. Yeah. So Don't it makes me wonder, did, did he create the did, logos? Did Lex Luthor create the logos? You know, that's for the... something I did not think about. And and I don't remember who said it. Um, I, I listened to a bunch of things about it. Sans Pants, everybody else had opinions on it. But um, it could have been those guys. But it's like, so I guess Lex Luthor is responsible for creating the logos for, you know, these characters, yeah. which is really kind of awkward. But um, 
overall, I I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yes, I I I was very entertained. Yeah, and that's the main thing you go into a movie, and that's what I go to the movies for, man. I'm eating my popcorn, I'm watching Batman on the screen, mm-hmm. and you know it had its issues. Wonder Woman, I thought was cool. Uh, Batman, I thought Batfleck was great. She was he was great. What did you think about the no no literally no punches pulled killing by Batman? Here's my thing. I okay, so my Batman is I watched a lot of the um sixty six Batman. I watched a lot of the old yeah no the old uh Adam Adam West. West. I watched a lot of the Adam West Batman and not you know it's campy and cheesy and whatever right. And then my next real Batman was the animated series. Okay. And the crux of the animated series was he doesn't kill. He never touched guns. He he punched the crap out of people but he never they all just went night night exactly and but i mean again but we're looking at a cartoon exactly and this cartoon played during you know saturday, saturday morning, morning or whatever right. and so yeah you have certain uh, uh guidelines you have to follow right and so then i went totally marvel and came back to dc now as an adult and and you know i love the batman movies and stuff but again up until very recently we've got a batman that doesn't that that kind of has a problem with killing yeah it's it's funny if you look at even starting with the the Burton and the Schumacher Batman's, um, you never actually see him on camera killing. But right, a lot of the stuff he does, you know, there's collateral damage. It's implied that he's killed. He has guns on all of his all his vehicles. Yeah, you know, so and killing is co- happening. Yeah, and then of course the Dark Knight. Yeah, and then we kills. get and then we get there, and and honestly didn't have a problem with it. And I like my Batman Dark. You do. And well, I like, like everything. I like everything dark. And so if Batman needs to kill people, he needs to kill people. Okay. I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. Now, what do you think about uh, the fact that we could have a killer Robin? Uh, because Robin has, I mean, we, we see in the. In oh, the with case, the. Uh, he is with the with the halberd. Okay. Okay. And that, you know, he obviously, that's a weapon to kill. That's yeah. not a weapon to maim. Exactly. Um, I don't, again, that to me is going to help. The character part, you know, why is Batman killing? Exactly. Why, why is, why is Robin killing? I, I honestly, I bought the fact, and this is the best character development in the whole thing. I bought the fact that Batman wanted to kill to, to deal with this Superman issue because of, of, of his hatred. I mean, I don't really feel like he hated Superman. He was just pissed off at him. Right. You know what I mean? And he's just like, look, you brought these buildings down. You did this. I saved this little girl. I had to watch this, all this stuff. And right. so he had this issue with him. And granted, the way they, the resolve the issue was a little weird. Um, oh, you're not, your mom's the same name as me. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah. but it's a good thing they're both Martha. Yeah. But I mean, that aside, I mean, I can see why he's pissed off. Right. And I can see why, um, he had an issue with Superman. Um, and, and really he just wanted to, I mean, in my head, he just wanted to kind of put him in his place and, yeah. and kind of just confront him and say, look, yep. you, you pissed me off. This is why I'm mad. We're not going to kill each other, but I, I need you to know I'm mad at you. And that's actually <laughs> where I'm glad. I think it was done right in this movie. Yeah. Is that you could tell they're, they're setting up a couple of deep seated things for Batman. And what I'm really looking forward to is, um, that, Batman has gone. I mean, you could tell he's a morose. I mean, in the words of uh, uh, Ben Affleck himself in <laughs> in uh, the uh, the uh, you're gonna make me edit the universe. He goes, "There's some morose mother." Okay, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's like because you know he's already had a tragic thing with his parents. Yeah, 
a tragedy with Robin. Right. Okay, obviously from that. And I really, if they don't, I mean, the way they're setting it up, if they don't follow through with it through Suicide Squad and through the next Batman movie, because um, with the latest trailer of Suicide Squad, you see the interaction of Batman, Harlequin, and Joker. You see, there's actually a scene where you see Batman save Harlequin from the Joker. Right. And so if they follow through on that's how Harlequin goes crazy because the Joker tortured her crazy, which is how it is in the the comics, I believe. And and, and, how, and animated series as well. Right. And so um there's that. If that is also where like he say he saves Harlequin and then so this has got to be where Suicide Squad is a little bit before the Batman v Superman storyline, I'm right. guessing. And then the Batman standalone movie, I think if they write it correctly, will be in between them. And what it is is in Suicide Squad, we see how Batman stole Harlequin away from Joker. Oh, okay. And like then that. the standalone movie will be Joker taking Robin from Batman. Oh, that'd be sick. In retaliation. I'm in. I think that's the way to follow through on the story and what they're hinting at in these deep seeds. And I think that's the only way it makes sense to follow through, unless there's something I really don't know. Or should they just hire us? <laughs> I mean. Right. All right. We're, um, we're big idea people. Big yeah. idea people. Oh, yes, we are. Um, all right. So overall, uh, I really enjoyed the film more than I, more than I thought. I don't know what I think of Lex Luthor. Um, I don't think they really needed to, they were very convoluted with him a little bit. I didn't really get the doomsday thing as much. Um, and th- he didn't have to be like, was he like junior? He was the third or he was a junior. Lex Luthor junior. Okay. So, but then he's bald at the end, and it's just like yeah. I think the the bald at the end actually I think redeemed it a little bit. Well, no, I like that it's part setting because, it up yeah. for later, right? Which I'm guessing is going to be for either Justice League or the next uh, uh, Superman movie, right? Okay, because he's clearly more of a Superman villain than he is a Batman villain, sure, right? But what I liked about it is, and actually, the more I, I think about it, is I, I'm I'm beginning little to like little nuances that Jesse Eisenberg did. I thought he played it a little bit more Riddler than he did Lex Luthor. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I, what I really liked is by the end, you're actually seeing that Luthor is ex- insane. Oh, clearly. Okay. Yeah. And you don't necessarily see that from Gene Hackman or Kevin Spacey. They make it, they're um, mega maniacal, right? And, and just kind of have these big overarching exactly. plans. But, but yeah. in here, he's clearly insane. Right. And I'm really wondering what he's referencing is they're coming yeah. at the end. What's that? Exactly. So I'm really, really looking forward to I think they set that up well. Uh, yeah. So I think the like the last ten minutes of of the 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 Luther performance was really good. Yeah. Up until that it was kind of a mess. Um, Although I did like the interaction between he and Holly Hunter. Agreed. I, I like that as well. Um, what did you think of the, since apparently we're asking each other questions, what did you think of the, um, the action? Was there enough? Um, it took a while to kind of get there. Um, the doomsday fight, uh, you know, what did you think? Um, I've never been a big fan of doomsday as a character. Yeah. And I know he's a popular Superman villain and they kind of, I think the reason why they brought him in was for three reasons. Uh, one, they needed a villain that was not. Uh, Luther, because Luther had to be humanized. Right. And so they needed a supernatural villain to take the place of the big bad, right? Well, because obviously, otherwise, uh, you know, Wonder Woman and Superman would be done with them pretty quick. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they needed that. Um, two, they needed to resolve the whole Zod thing. Right. Right. Because we, we know that the body was saved and everything. So they need to resolve that. And the third thing is, is honestly, I think they wanted to get done with it. Yeah. 
because Get out of the way. it's not like yeah. this is where it's coming up with with uh, um, with Marvel. It's like every single movie that comes out, it's like okay, well, what are we gonna do about Thanos? Right. What are we going to do about Thanos? Yeah, what are we going to do about Thanos? He's still sitting on that damn chair. He's still sitting on the damn chair. <laughs> and we know eventually it's going to have to get taken care of in, in the Infinity, Infinity War. War. yeah. And we know it's going there now. Right. But before Infinity War was announced, you know, it was going on, what, two phases of, oh, of yeah. Thanos? Of, of him no sitting di- in a chair. With no direction. <laughs> and right. um, and there's only so many ways Josh Brolin can deliver lines, right? Exactly. Um, I think because he is such, Doomsday is such a seminal villain in the, in the Superman canon, um, but it's not something that's really good for long-term storytelling. Yep. They just had to get it done and out of the way. So it's like, okay, we've done that. We played that card. Let's right. go on to the more interesting villains. I'm with you on that. What'd you think of the Batman fight, uh, in the warehouse? <laughs> and, and there were some things I really liked about yeah. it and some things I was so, oh my God, that's so stupid. <laughs> what I loved about it is I loved the little, uh, aerosol, uh, aerosolized, aerosolized, um, kryptonite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the scene where Superman goes to punch Batman and Batman stops him. Right. That was tight. Oh my God. I was coming out of my seat. Right. I was like, it's a man stopping an alien. That's yeah, really yeah. cool. I really never understood why Lois Lane threw the spear down into the, the staircase. Nope, that made no sense. It was only to make Superman weaker when he went to go get it. But, and then all of a sudden Superman's drowning. Yeah. Does Superman drown? He can be in space. Well, he can. Well, he, he just, he, he might. He drown, be, but he'll be resuscitated. But it's just but what I'm saying is he can he, he doesn't need to breathe in the in space. Yeah, but he has to breathe underwater. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that. So <laughs> I'm confused about that. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So it's a little weird. Um, I loved how he beat down all the dudes though. Batman, yeah, that was tight. Batman. Yeah. Also, in like I saw most of that in the trailer too. Yeah, you know? that was really cool. And then what I did like is. You in the trailer you saw the entrance of Wonder Woman, yeah, but you didn't see her fight, right? And what she did was phenomenal. She brought out the lasso of truth. She brought oh, out the, so the cool. bracelets. She brought out when they her cut sword. over when they cut she over and her, her in the, with, oh the, with the lasso. I was like, oh, and she's literally holding Doomsday down just yeah. there, and I'm like, that was tight. That shows how badass Wonder Woman is, right. and um, I can't wait for that movie. Yeah, and what I just love is like it's it's incredible how. And this is where they they could have gotten in trouble with Wonder Woman is that they could have made it too sexy an outfit, which yeah. it is. It is incredibly sexy. It's very sexy, which it's supposed to be because it is Wonder Woman. Yeah, but it's not demeaning. Yeah, because I mean they could have cut down here. They could have. They could, but know. the whole point is, it's, it's like the whole point of an outfit is for protection, right? Yeah. And you could tell it is armor, but she's an Amazonian. She doesn't need it. She's necessarily so. Need it, right. Like when she, when Doomsday is, you know, doing this whole thing and she jumps in with the bracelets. Yeah. And she's stopping everything behind her too. And it's just her, bra- it's the force field she's creating. It's like you realize it's not necessary and it's actually probably easier for her to fight in. Right. In that outfit. That's badass. I'm, that's a good point, dude. Plus, you got to remember she's an Amazonian. So she comes from a hotter climate. Right. And it's it's like, not like she's. I'm not going to wear all these clothes. Exactly. <laughs> so it, uh, I like how they kind of. Explain that without explaining it. Good. Well, for those of us who hopefully don't think just with our lower well, head. Well, you know. Look on me. Look on me. I um. Okay. So what else did I want to say about this movie? Um. Well, I mean, as far as. Oh, okay. Good. One last thing. Hans Zimmer has come out and said this will be his last superhero score. No crap. I what do you hear think that? of that? Here's, here's. I mean, I know what a diehard Hans Zimmer fan you are. I mean, yeah. you're, you're as big into Hans Zimmer as I am into John Williams. Yeah, and I, I mean, Hans Zimmer honestly is is 
very, I mean, sometimes I, I like him more than John Williams, which is blasphemy, but, um, some of the stuff that Zimmer has done, um, Gladiator soundtrack, for example, um, is, is probably one of my favorite, and I get the chills thinking about it, it was one of my, probably one of my favorite soundtracks, period. He did Crimson um, Tide, he uh, did Lion King. Lion King. I mean, the thing about Hans Zimmer, I, I don't, he doesn't necessarily have to do superhero stuff. But when he does, he gets man, he does it well. You, um, the score for this was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. Um, what was the other Just big the, superhero one he little, did recently? Um, I'd have to look at his thing. Well, I'm sure he did Man of Steel. Man of Steel, but there was another one that he, that I was actually not surprised that he had done, but I saw his name in the credits. So I was like, well, that makes more sense. Um, um, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Me neither. But what I really loved about this is I didn't hear about that because that. there's so many different characters. Yeah. Is, um, this is actually where I like his style a little bit better than John Williams, even though I'm a diehard John Williams fan. John Williams hits you over the head with his cues. Yeah. Right? It's like, boom, here's the Imperial March. Right. Boom, here's the theme from Superman, right? Right. With Hans Zimmer. It's very he just, subtle. He subtly hints, like, the first time we see uh, uh, Diana Prince, it's a little overture of Wonder Woman. First time we see... Aquaman is that dun dun dun. dun. Yeah. You know, they, they, and I'm glad you brought that up. What you going to be the cues for the future movies, and he's setting it up very much the way John Williams set up the Harry Potter themes. Even right. though he only did the first three movies, the following five movies all took their cues from John Williams. And I'm really glad you brought that up because when Wonder Woman comes on the scene later, then it's, it's really like, boom, 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 and it's so, it's so good, man. Exactly. Um, so and he hints at it just earlier at that dinner party. Um, did he say why it was going to be his last one? I didn't read. I wonder. The, the full, he just said this is going to be his last superhero hmm. movie. I'm hoping. You know, I, like I said, he he does some amazing stuff. He does. And um, I, I wish that I, I don't know. Uh, we've talked about it before, but um, all right, man. So overall, good film ish <laughs> it has its problems but if you go into it thinking that you're gonna see batman and superman fighting and then wonder woman shows up and then doomsday shows up you get what you wanted then there you are and, and it made a gajillion dollars yeah. as well um, in 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 future sight i think it's too early to really rate this movie right now yeah if because they're, they've hinted at so many things if what we get later on, say in the next five years, we get a really good Aquaman movie, we get a good Flash movie, we get a good Wonder Woman movie, and then um, it follows through with Suicide Squad in the next Batman movie, those storylines that I hinted at earlier, if it actually ties up those yeah. threads that are beginning now, then we'll look back and say, okay, they started it right. Yeah. If they don't follow through on all these little things that they wanted to start, we're going to look at it as like a complete mess. And I think that's the concern. And I think that's, uh, it's hard to, without the rest of them, because again, like you said, what Marvel did, they had the standalones and then right. they did Avengers. So they kind of, you know, we had, we had Man of Steel and now we have Batman v Superman. And then we have a bunch of stuff coming afterwards yep. that we're going to have to kind of see as a whole. Um, and, you know, actually, I would kind of relate BVS to uh, Age of Ultron. Okay. And how they had so many new characters they needed to introduce that they didn't necessarily introduce in previous films. Um, and like, from what I understand, and we mentioned it last week, Civil War really is like what well, Bernardin says, like the Age of Ultron film we wanted. Yeah. But I think, and what I'm saying in, in looking at Future Sight is I think retroactively, Civil War is going to make Age of Ultron better. Exactly. Because it's going to That's what I'm follow through on the hand started in Age of Ultron. Right. Um, 
All right. So one of the things I wanted to do before we get out of this and get to just our general movie stuff, um, and, you know, and we are a few weeks after the fact, but I'm glad we finally got here and talked about it. But, yeah. um, you know, we've having some, we've had, we've been having some really fun interactions on Twitter and stuff. So yep. e- email us, tweet us, um, whatever, you know, let us know what you thought about me, about me, Superman. If you, if you hated it, tell us why. Um, if you liked it, tell us why. Um, and we'll, we'll feature it on the next show. And we love getting suggestions of stuff we should be watching. Yeah, because please. We're only two men. We can't watch everything. It's I'm in only the world. one man, Marge. Um, <laughs> um, so if you, if you see a movie that's like an independent film we've never heard of, or even a movie that just slipped through the cracks, for sure. just send us and say, Hey, you should be reading this. You should be watching this. You should be listening to this. Um, which just like right now, I just, I mean, I've heard about <laughs> it. But I just started listening to Hamilton. Right. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a good song. Get the dude. soundtrack and listen to it right now. Yeah. I'm just gonna. That's what I'm saying right now. And and you know we typically do real, real reviews when a big show come, when a big movie comes right. out. We're gonna do another one at Civil War. We were both trying to see Jungle Book before this, but we didn't get there. Hopefully, we'll get there before the uh, it leaves the theater. But if not, you know, definitely we'll do another one of these for Civil yep. War. Um. And, oh, we're going to be there opening night. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I cannot wait for that movie. So No, I am so eager. Uh, anything else you want to say about, about BVS? No, I think it's it. I think it's done for our uh, our discussion topic for tonight. Um, I think it's time to move on to some news. Cool. Um, So we took a brief break uh, to grab a beer, and I realized I misspoke. It's not Big Fish. It's Big Eye uh, IPA from Ballast Point, and it's, it's lovely. And I am now on to my second IBC cream soda. Hardcore, bro. Word. All right. Um, first off, uh, Sherlock Holmes 3 may start production this year, according to Robert Downey Jr. Uh, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week or no, in our last show. No, we talked about it just a little bit because, um, we were just excited because, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is, you know, coming back. Martin Freeman's coming back. Richard McAdams is coming back, I believe. I just, and it's one of the few series that I really like from, uh, from Guy Ritchie. Agreed. And I, I enjoy the Sherlock movie. I, you know, I really just like Robert Downey Jr. The, me too. And actually, the music for it is also fantastic. This is me. Yeah, it I is. Mean, you know, I'm a huge score fan. Um, just great music. I find myself liking those on Pandora when, um, yeah. when on my soundtrack daily. Yeah. It's, it's actually very similar in, not necessarily in tone, but in style. The, the instruments used as, uh, uh Pirates of the Caribbean. Absolutely. I love that soundtrack. Um, all of those. All right. Uh, James Cameron has announced, shocker, that Avatar will now get four sequels. Okay, but the thing is, he hasn't even done one. He hasn't. Well, he's in, he's, <laughs> he's in filming. Uh, well, he's in pre-production at least. But, um, according to this article from what I, the gist I got from it, he's doing this for two reasons. Um, one, he's a little upset that, uh, Force Awakens took his crown. Well, he'll be fine. So he's really trying to, to really broaden the scope of the universe oh. of, uh, what's the name of the, uh, Pandora. Yeah. And, um, so he's really trying to expand that. Um, but he's also moved around the release date. So he's not competing with Star Wars. Makes sense. Question. Yes. Do you really think at this point Avatar is going to come back and dethrone Star Wars? Oh, God, no. I think they'll be big. They're not going to be. I mean, what the last, I mean, Avatar came out 2009. Seven years ago. And granted, they have Avatar Land, that, and which I hear is going to be awesome and all this other stuff. But like... He's just taking too long. It's seven years. It is. You know? Anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think he's just he's waited too long to to work on it. Um, I think they'll be big. I think they'll be more probably in the the box office range of um the way Fast and Furious is now. You know, you'll probably be getting you know a billion at the box office sure. worldwide, uh, three to four hundred million. You know, maybe four hundred million. I just feel like, but he's not going to get eight hundred million again. No, I just I just really feel like. Everybody by now is kind of not forgotten, but I mean, do we, I mean, had he, had he done it three years ago? Yep. Much better off. Yeah. It's just, it's, there's been so many more, so much more out there too. That's better than that, than that world in my opinion too. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, come on, it's called Pandora and they're going after unobtainium. (laughs) I mean, granted, (laughs) it's. I don't know. For me, that's kind of like I don't know. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan either. So no. Well, okay. Well, that's the th- that's the difference. Like, There's one way to cast magic, but is um <laughs> <laughs> is that James Cameron has never been the best storyteller. Okay, he's visually stunning. Oh, for sure. I mean, you see that in Titanic. You see that in mm-hmm. Aliens. You see that in Terminator Two. You. I mean. Oh yeah. He's stunningly visual, visually stunning, but. The stories are always a little weak, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, he's, I think he's always better playing in somebody else's sandbox than he is building his own world. I got you. Okay. Especially when he's going to take 18 years to do it. Exactly, right? <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I didn't hear about this, okay, but it looks so- like Speedy Gonzalez is going to be in the works. <laughs> this is hilarious to me. I added. I, I think I put this in the other one, but uh, this is funny because I guess they're going to do a Speedy Gonzalez movie? Okay. Growing up, I loved Speedy me Gonzalez. Too. Me too. Me too. I loved all those cartoons. He was right up there with, I mean, my two favorite cartoons as a kid. I mean, you have your obvious ones of Scooby-Doo and whatnot. Yeah. But of like lesser known unsung characters, I loved Hong Kong Fooey. Yep. And Underdog. Yeah. And I don't know if I could pick any more racist characters than Hong Kong um, Fooey and Speedy Gonzalez. Speedy Gonzalez is pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, and it was weird thinking about it as an adult now, one of my favorites was Foghorn Leghorn. Loved Foghorn Leghorn. It's such a misogynist. But, but it's... There's so many things wrong with that character. Yes. You know, um, but I don't want to dive into that right now, but I loved, I loved all these cartoons back in the day and Speedy was great. Um, I but love Speedy all the old Warner a, Brother stuff and stuff too, yeah, but Speedy was a one trick pony though. What do you do with that character? Yeah. He, he runs around and teases people and, uh, it looks like he looks sad here. It looks like there might be a story, but, um, but they're gonna, they're planning an animated feature. It's gonna happen. I mean, under God is underdog got his own movie. I mean, I think Hong Kong Fui is eventually gonna get one. It's just another cartoon property from our childhood that they're ripping off. Yeah, we'll see how it is. We'll see. I'm sure, I'll take my kids to see it. Let's see how racist racist oh, it is. Oh, it's gonna be racist. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one I'm a little curious about. Um, it just Thought shows. Like that. It just shows how. Okay, first of all, Charlize Theron is gonna be joining Fast and Furious Eight. It just shows that every single movie they're picking up another well-regarded actor. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, and they're going not only for the well-regarded action actors like say Jason Statham, which they picked up in the last one. Right. But they picked up Kurt Russell. Okay. Now they're picking up Charlize Theron. Yeah. I mean, they're picking up Oscar winners or Oscar nominees. Yeah. And- it also means that that movie they have enough to pay these actors. Oh yeah, they're each one is getting. <laughs> it's not like. Um, Say Saw, the Saw yeah. franchise, which was all money making. Totally. But 
it had its peak at like the second movie, you know, and then they were just still making money, but it's constantly going down. This is still on the upswing. Every single movie is making more than the one before. You know, what's crazy about this is that, uh, and we've talked about this and, and I got the idea from Q and Sal from what say you podcast, right. like they, there's four episodes. I still haven't listened to because I, I, one, one day, Maybe this summer. I want, I want, I haven't watched all the movies. Yeah. We're going to sit down and do a marathon. Yeah, I've only been through the first, uh, maybe three. Um, no, I didn't even do three. I think I did, uh, one and two. I, I don't know. I want to watch them. I just, uh-huh. it's not on my list. And, right. and I'd like to just sit and just freaking make some popcorn and drink some beer. Yeah. Seriously. And watch it. You and I could take a, a, a day and just watch yeah, them all. It'd be fun. It'd be a long day, but, oh. uh, but the, and they're, they're just, they're entertaining and yeah. they have great, they've got great. Uh, hip hop and gasolina yeah. soundtracks and really, really. And I love the cars in the movies. I, I used to play a lot of car racing games. Yeah. I love cars in movies and I love like the Italian job. Yeah. One, one, very similar. Awesome movie. Very similar. Uh, you know, you get to see the mini, yep. you, you know, you know, the mini, mini doing what it's doing. So anyway, um, it's we car have, porn. Exactly. We have more casting news for this. Someone from Game of Thrones has been cast in Furious 8 as well. Oh, and by the way, it looks like this, uh, according to this, uh, Charlize Theron is going to be the villain. Ooh. The main antagonist. Nifty. So, Norwegian Game of Thrones actor Christopher mm, Hivju. Hivju? Hivju? Something like that. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, he's going to be in it. Uh, if you're a Game of Thrones guy, you know him. Uh, he confronted uh, uh, Jon Snow. Um, he pulled him out of the of the deal. I, I don't want to spoil Game of Thrones. So, it's, it's awesome, and I like that actor. Yeah, and I'm excited because, uh, I mean, I, I'm... This is coming from somebody who's a fan of the Fast franchise. Um, it started off uh, directed by uh, Curtis Morgan, who's probably more uh, uh, C- Curtis Chris Morgan, something Morgan. Yeah. Um, but he's well known because he also did Triple X with. I mean, he does a weird sort of. You know, you know how Stephen Summers is like those, like Van Helsing and yeah. The Mummy, and that's what he's known for. That's what uh, Morgan is known for. Okay. And then, of course, uh, it went to John Singleton, and then uh, uh, Justin Lin did it for a long time. Well, the new uh, they brought in F. Gary Gray to do Fast Eight. Okay, and I'm excited because he's just off of Straight Outta Compton. Oh, nice! And he also okay. did the Friday movies. Nice. So you know he can do comedy, which is something I think Justin Lin Friday. kind of lacked a little bit. Um, Justin Lin came from Better Off Tomorrow. And if you haven't seen Better Off Tomorrow or Better Luck Tomorrow, it's a very, 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 very good. Um, uh, film. So check that out. But F. Gary I haven't Gray seen Friday in too long. Uh, F. Gary Gray is just a very good movie that can do action and comedy, um, mean and drama. I mean, Straight Outta Compton was phenomenal. You said movie director. Did I say yeah? Director, you know movie. what I mean. I do. Smartass. Just making sure. Uh, I don't want to get corrected again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited that he's doing Fast Eight. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so evidently there's a uh, predator movie in the works, which why? is really funny because evidently there's a predator movie in the works and Schwarzenegger is not on board yet. He wants to be on board, but they haven't signed him for it. Yet. Okay. So whatever. With that aside, I guess 50 cent is hinting that he's going to be in it. Well, I wonder if there's a, do we need 50 cent in a predator? Movie? I don't know. Do we need 50 cent in a movie? Not so much. Eh, you shall, uh, we'll ponder this. That's all I want to say about that. <laughs> All right, so like I said, we haven't seen Jungle Book yet. No, but it's doing big numbers. It is. It had a hundred plus million dollar opening weekend, um, and it's already been greenlit for a Jungle Book two. Yeah, which I think is cool. Excuse me. Um, which I'm kind of curious on who they're going to get. I mean, Favreau could be still on board, but as we talked about in our, um, it took him a while to get this movie done too. It did. Um, well, 
Because Favreau was originally on board with Tomorrowland. And so they kind of got him over into Jungle Book. And so I think he was had had both on his plate for a while. So I think that's why. Plus, it's a okay. technologically very difficult film to do. Oh, for sure. Um, and the post, the post filming, oh, had to be crazy. The post is post had to be at least much year. longer than than the filming itself. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about in the last uh, episode of the usual, um, Favreau has already been brought back on board as an EP for the Infinity War movies. Right. So how much is he going to have on his plate? He also likes to do his own things. I mean, like he just did the movie Chef last year. Okay. So I I don't know. Do you think he'll be brought back? Do you think they'll Pass it on to another younger director. I don't know. I think it, uh, if this one is doing as well as as it is, I I think he will try to come back. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't. But you know, sometimes in in trilogies or if you're going to do more than one movie, you get a different director. I, I I think they should stay with Favreau if he's not too busy, right. just just to keep the consistency. And he's very and, loyal, so I think he will do it if he can. And he loves these franchises. He loves geek culture, and he does. and he brings something. I mean, you know, you watch Iron Man, and you know, you know, he brought something to that film. Yeah, and he played Happy. Come on. Yeah, oh, and Happy was so cool. Um, all right, so Indiana Jones five, <laughs> right? Yeah, we. This has been a controversy thing. Yeah, we had hypothesized how they are going to do five. And uh, if it's going to be Harrison Ford, if it's going to be just Harrison Ford, if it's going to be Harrison Ford on bookends, if it's going to be right. a just a young person. And uh, uh, the Indy 5 producers come out and said it is just – I believe it's just Frank Marshall uh, came out and said it is only going to be Harrison Ford and he'll be the only actor ever to play the role. Which is fine. That is shooting yourself in the foot though. But he's 70-something years old. Yeah. He's going to be 76, I think, when the movie gets released. But by by saying he's the only actor ever to play the role, that's just shooting yourself in the foot. What if this makes a billion dollars worldwide, and you know that means you're God done. Forbid, with, that means you're done with Indiana Jones if something happens to Harrison Ford. Exactly. Yep. Don't shoot yourself in the foot that way. Agreed. Uh, Blade Runner sequel is moved up three months for some reason. Um, and I'm okay with this. I honestly think it's because it doesn't want to battle Star Wars. Yeah, it's because point. I think it was originally due yeah, for a December, December release, yeah. and I think it's got moved up to September. Um, which I think is actually going to be better for it because I don't think it's going to be, I mean, as good as the first one was, and it's good that they're bringing Ridley Scott back for it. Um, I don't think it is, I don't think it has the ability to be a tentpole blockbuster movie in the summer. And I think it is too quirky to be the Oscar bait in the, in December. Um, I think I honestly, I think October would be a great month for it. Yeah. Late September, I'm okay with. All right. Um, I don't. I can't. I don't even know if I can say her name right. But Anna de Armas. And do you? Are you familiar with her? I am not. And she is speaking of Blade Runner. Is uh, she joins the cast? So she's uh, the Cuban actress is joining an already stacked cast featuring Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling, Robert Wright, and David uh, Bautista. So yeah, David Bautista played Drax, by the way. Right, and her role is unknown as of yet. Um. Let's see. It just basically gives a little quote. She's a great up and coming uh, international actress, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it looks like um, she was in a movie called Hands of Stone, which yeah. is a biopic about uh, Roberta Duran. Okay. Cool. Um, which, if you don't know who Roberto Duran is, go and Google him because he was a phenomenal boxer. Right. And then War Dogs, which is a story about two men who won $300 million contract from U.S. Uh, oh, this arm. is not out yet. I saw a trailer for this. Oh, it's really? With Seth Rogen and Channing oh. Tatum. Okay. Is it no? Is it no? Jonah Hill and is it a comedy? 
it's like a dramedy. Okay. It's a true story based on a guy who they, they won a contract, right? Uh, to, to arm, uh, allies in Afghanistan. Yes. And they bid $300 million and they were just like these, yeah. like, frat boys, basically. And they, they bid the contract for $300 million where everyone else had bid like $500 million. <laughs> And so, of course, they got the contract and they totally underdid it. Right? Oh, no. And it's a, it's a weird looking trailer. Okay. We'll check it out. Um, so moving on, uh, the Dark Tower started filming. Yes, and oh, uh, so as we've already said, this. it's what Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Um, oh man, I could not be more excited about this movie. No, I mean you have always been the Stephen King person in yeah. our group, so I'm going to be going back and re-listening to all those books. Yep, um, I, I can see that. And I, I still admit the only one I've ever read is Gunslinger. Well, um, I'm going to be listening to all of them. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Dark Tower. So, on to Bill and Ted 3. Which... Yeah, this has been a rumor for a number of years, but two things. I feel like this came up in the very early parts of, of this show. Oh, it did. We, like... Because it was hinted at last year. Okay. Um, but two things have, have uh, come out that have um, kind of solidified it. One, uh, that they've said that there is a script and a director on board. Okay. Um, and that they're filming it in the UK. And the second is that... Um, both stars have said, yeah, they're on board. So it's the, the main one we weren't sure about was Keanu. Would they right. get Keanu back? And they're like, yeah, Keanu's doing it. <sighs> I, is it weird that I'm kind of excited about it? Oh, dude, I love it. <laughs> Plus, I love the second one. The second one's one of my favorites, dude. Plus, there is a, a, an ongoing, uh, comic for Bill and Ted going on right now. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah. So they've got, uh, plenty of story to work with. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's a direct continuation. Um, they have a studio. It doesn't, I can't find what says what studio it is though. It just says they have a studio. Yeah. They just might not be announcing the yet. script comes from, uh, Chris math, Chris, uh, Matheson and Ed Solomon, the writers of the first two films. Yep. So we're good. Yeah. I'm the, excited. The first two are great. I mean, I even the second one was movies. just kind of cheesy. was just great. No, the second one had that song, dude, at the end. You know, God gave rock and roll. To- okay, I'm singing. Uh, but anyway, not you, you only know that, but I loved the that they had to keep playing um, uh, the Grim Reaper oh, in yeah. games because if you don't, I mean, that's an obvious homage to the Seven Seal. And if you haven't seen it, it's an it's old so good, uh, uh, um, Ingmar Bergman film from Sweden with the, actually Max von Sydow. I don't know anything about that movie, but I was I, I liked it. One of the, the Grim it's Reaper. one of the twenty greatest films of all time. Well, you say that, but no, seriously, watch it. <laughs> all right. It's great, and it's what it's what made Max von Sydow a star. Sweet. So this is happening. They're redoing the Grinch animated style again, and Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be the voice. I think he can pull it off. Oh yeah, he can pull anything off because he's amazing. Yeah, I think the one with Jim Carrey was a little over the top, and it was meant yeah. to be because Jim Carrey's over the top and sure. the character's over the top. Um, I'm like that they're doing it animated because I think there's so much more depth you can get to the character yeah. in a voiceover and hand drawn than you can get in an actor. Agreed. Suit. Uh, what I think is interesting too is that um. I, I I can't remember what I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and one of them was talking about are we eventually going to get tired of Benedict Cumberbatch and I, I I just think that was an interesting thing that they were talking about uh, we don't have to hash it out here but um he's he does he's doing a lot and we all he love is. him but I, I don't know eventually are we going to be done with him you know I think it's a little bit different than say Jim Carrey which I love Jim Carrey yeah. Almost, he saturated himself. Yeah, almost everything he did was the same. Right. I mean, granted, which he, is the argument against Cumberbatch too? Right. Bit. Well, 
with with Jim Carrey, you did have a few that were different, like Eternal Sunshine, mm-hmm. Truman Show, uh, Truman Show Cable Guy, right? The ones that were a little bit outside the box, right? But he did too much of the other stuff. Right. Cumberbatch actually, I think, does a good job of doing so many different things. I mean, yeah. that's Sherlock. I mean, Wait, he played. Con, yeah. He did an androgynous character in Zoolander 2. That's true. You oh, know, that so good. <laughs> he's uh, Doctor Strange. You know, right. there's. He's he's playing different roles. He was the one that played Khan in Star mm-hmm. Trek, right? Yeah, yep. okay. Make sure I wasn't tripping. Um, yeah, no, and and you know I love him in Sherlock. Um, you know, and what else? What's the other major thing he does? Anyway, I just I, I don't know. I just really like his. I like him, and I liked him. He's a good actor. I, right. No matter what, he can pull this off. Um, but he's also got you know Doctor Strange coming up and everything else. So we'll we'll see how it I goes. think. I think the only thing that would actually oversaturate him was if he were to become thirteen. Doctor Thirteen. Oh, man, he'd be good though. He would be, but I think it's too soon, and they'd have to pay him too much. I think let him age a little bit, and then let him be like fourteen or fifteen. Oh, okay, all right, all right, I'm in. Uh, um, honestly, you know who I'm kind of <laughs> secretly hoping to be thirteen? Who? I think Rupert Grant would be awesome. Who's that? He played uh, um, Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, because okay. they finally yeah. need a ginger. Yeah, yeah. Or bring in a woman. Oh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. There's a couple women Ellen out there. Marin. There's a couple women that I think would be great. I think it might be almost time for a female doctor, but that's a conversation for another day. So back to Stephen King. Stephen King's It is going to be filming soon, which we talked about, which I'm terrified of. Um, yeah, I don't want to see. They it. have to go. They have to go ham on this because mm-hmm. to do better than Tim Curry, yeah, you're gonna have to get. Do really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll just wait on that. I don't want to talk about that. It kind of freaks me out. So go ahead. Jumanji. Um, so Jumanji is getting redone, which I'm okay with. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, I think it's. Is it almost too late? No, because it, it comes from source sure material. It was like 12 years ago. It was. I mean, dude, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst was a kid when that came out. Um, it's. I, I'm okay with it because it comes from source material, mm-hmm. right? It's not like it was just written for the screen. Okay. And they're trying to just redo it because they can go straight back to the source material and just redo it. Right. And not try to do it as a remake, right? But it looks like it's going to have uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart possibly in it. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> Why is that? Okay. You have Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Williams? Yes. Um, Children? Yes. Okay. Cool film. Yes. Then you come back. And, and I feel like they're going to the other extreme now, where it's like, well, why not get The Rock and Kevin Hart and see what kind of shenanigans they can get up into? It's like, well, I, I feel I, like, is, is it going to cease to be about Jumanji? Well, or, I, about, on, or about the kids? Well, I honestly, because I, I, I can't remember the book well enough that, that I'm not even sure if the Robin Williams character actually went into the game in the book. I think that was something they added for the movie. So if they change that around, I mean, just say they were to take the same sort of script. I'm okay with that being a, uh, a the the rock character, right? Because he can pull off comedy like that. Whereas I think Kevin Hart would be a little over the top. But I think I can see Kevin Hart as the um, what's his name? The guy who played the cop he used to be on In Living Color. No, he played the cop in Jumanji, but he was on In Living Color. Oh, hmm. um, I think his name David Allen Greer. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I can see Kevin Hart playing that okay. bungle, bumbling cop. Well, that makes about sense. I mean, and that's and that's what he's good at playing. Yeah, you know. I mean, we'll see. I don't know, man. I it's a reimagining. Yeah, so. it all depends on how good the script is. Yeah, 
It yes. all comes down to the writer. Indeed. Um, all right. So I thought this was cool. Yeah. This this shows how much faith Abrams has in, in Daisy Ridley. And that he's actually doing amazing. something outside of Star Wars with her. And it's a new fantasy movie, apparently. Which you're going to just love. I will see that day one. I don't even care what it's about. No, you don't care. Daisy Ridley's in it. It's a fantasy movie. J.J. Abrams done. Yeah, we're there. I'm in. Uh, all right. So Kevin Smith is appealing an R rating from the MPAA. Uh, they gave Yoga Hosers an R rating. Yeah, I can see. I mean, here's being, the problem with Kevin Smith. Did he drop the F bomb twice? That's an R rating. Well, um, here's the problem with what he's facing. His target audience is teenage girls. Yeah, he made this as a tween movie. And I don't know why he just, I don't know. I haven't followed up with this yet and I haven't heard him talk about it. He's taken, he, he's been doing stuff with the flash and, right. and stuff. So he hasn't been talking about it, but I'm wondering, um, if he's just leave it as R. Like, I mean, his fan base watches radar movies. The right. ratings don't really matter anymore, especially once you get in the teens. Right. Um, most movie theaters aren't, you know, Hey, you're not 18. Don't come in here. You know? So, I don't know, but if his target audience is 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 teens, he's gonna have to do something. About and it. honestly, it doesn't really matter because he doesn't make most of his movie in the theater. No, he makes he his doesn't. movie in the back end on the digital. So. so what he could do is cut the theatrical release, make it PG thirteen, and make the you know unrated the release unrated. Cut, yeah, you know, exactly. Um, which I imagine is the way he would go. But anyway. Tina Fey, Hocus yeah, Pocus. So it looks like Tina Fey is writing a Hocus Pocus script. <laughs> um, for those of us of, of our age, Hocus Pocus is like... Our age. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> women our age love Hocus Pocus. Indeed. Um, I mean, it's Jessica Sparker, Kathy Najimy, and Bette Midler, and they're all hilarious. Um, I can just imagine it being, say, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Kristen Wiig. That'll be fun. I think that would be an, an amazing cast, but it looks like it's not a remake, but hmm. it's also not a sequel. I think it's just going to be a reimagining of it, okay. not even a reboot. Um, but seriously, anything Tina Fey writes, I'll watch. Yeah, I'm in. Same I here. mean, we were talking about how we're we're both uh, getting back into Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, so good, dude. And she writes that, so she's 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 brilliant. All right, so it looks like uh, it looks like a director named Bayona has been uh, tabbed to do Jurassic World two. Okay, because as we all know, the Jurassic World one director Colin Trevorrow has been nabbed to do Star Wars nine. Right. All right. So he's gonna be busy. Yes, he'll be Real a little bit busy. busy. Um. So uh, Bayona has uh, taken the charge of that. So cool. I'm not sure what he's done, but you know, if uh, the people behind Jurassic World think he's gonna do well. He'll do her. Yeah. And no matter what, it's going to make a kajillion dollars. Yes. Um, on top of that, Jeff Goldblum wants to be in Jurassic World 2. Makes sense. Uh, I'm okay with that. Considering Jurassic I... World 1 made a kajillion dollars, and who doesn't like Goldblum in their Jurassic World movie? Exactly. Who movies? doesn't like Goldblum? I mean, come on. So and he's already going to have a, a star on the rise because he's in the next two Independence Days. I was so. going to say, one of my favorite roles is him in Independence Day. Yeah. I, just, I love that guy. I he's love so it. Good. Um, so it looks like uh, Jeff Goldblum, who was just uh, at the MTV Movie Awards to promote Independence Day uh, Resurgence, um, which is coming out this summer, uh, he uh, hinted at a fact that he might be in an upcoming superhero movie. Doesn't say what, doesn't say what studio, so there's no way to hint at it. But seriously, like we just said, if Goldblum's in it, it's going to be more entertaining. I love Goldblum, dude. Yeah. I mean, I still look back to the very first Jurassic Park movie, and he said, uh, yeah, but when uh, the uh, when Pirates of the Caribbean break down, they don't eat the, uh, 
The tourists. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like uh, there we'll be getting some more um, news from the Hasbro Cinematic Universe, which originally was originally, which was really just Transformers. Uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe. Right. And then we heard that they were adding in Micronauts. And now it looks like it's also going to include Visionaries, Mask, and Rom. I am stoked about the Mask thing. I remember Mask was the ones with the dudes and you get the cars, but the cars did like, they had these cool vehicles and I can't remember if the vehicles transformed or the people fit into them. I just remember I love those. I had all these action figures for Mask. It was really cool. Cool. Um, well, I obviously what, don't remember enough about it. I don't. Um, but, uh, what's really cool is they're bringing in, um, a, a lot of people, um, somebody from behind Transformers 5. They're bringing in the Luke Cage showrunner. Uh, they're bringing in John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who, if you don't know them, they are writing, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, but they also wrote, uh, the Vacation reboot. Okay. Uh, John Francis Daly played Sweets on, um, Bones. Um, they're bringing in, uh, the guy behind Black Panther and People vs. O.J. Simpson, uh, the guy Sweet. between the Dark Tower, uh, adaptation, uh, a, a writer behind, uh, uh, The Blacklist, which is a great show, and, uh, the person, uh, Geneva Robertson, who's the big person behind the new Tomb Raider project, awesome. which I still think needs to be Daisy Ridley. If it's not, then they're making a mistake. Um, um, and it's all being overseen by Akiva Goldsman, who, uh, is the Oscar winning writer behind A Beautiful Mind. So, um, he's overseeing the writer's room. So he's basically the Kevin Feige. The, what I like about Hasbro is they're- Sounds of, like they're going to do it right. They're doing it right. <laughs> the, they're doing the right thing that DC did not do. Well, and they make a point of saying the Transformers films have grossed $3.8 billion in addition to the amounts brought in by the G.I. Joe films. Right. So um, this is going to be big. I, I'm excited. I wish I could remember all the coolness that was Mask and why I loved it right. so much. There was a TV show. Um, I remember. And then there was the action figures. I'll look it up before I publish this to make sure I don't sound like an idiot. But um, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And the Micronauts, too, were great. Oh, yeah. Micronauts were awesome. So lots of cool stuff there. I'm actually getting more and more on board the more details are releasing because it looks like they're getting some really good creative people. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. And actually, this is speaking of the Hasbro universe, uh, Transformers 5, they're actually looking at bringing in Gerard Carmichael, Ooh. who I'm actually never known much about he's a stand-up comic who got his own show called the carmichael show this year which is getting good critical reviews if not great ratings um but i've seen him on um the daily show and i've seen him on the nightly show mm -hmm. and i think he was on at midnight and he is really really funny okay and he doesn't care what people think so i'm actually i think he's the better version of um well because homeboy's done bay's done right michael bay i think five is his last one okay I thought, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. So okay. he's, Jared he's, Carmichael is going to be a star in the movie. I see. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Um, Courtney B. Vance, um, who, he's one of those people where if you don't know him, you know his face. He was the, um, one of the directors on NCIS. Not a director, but one of the directors of NCIS on NCIS. Okay. Um, he's a great actor. Um, he's, oh, yeah, um, I know him. He plays, uh, he, right now he's playing Johnny Cochran in The People versus O.J. Simpson. Okay. Um, he is now signed on to be in The Mummy Neat. with Tom Cruise. So um, I like him in everything, so I'm okay with that. Awesome. Uh, John Chu, who is uh, just finished directing Now You See Me number two, 
has already been signed on for Now You See Me 3. Awesome. Even before they have released Now You See Me 2. But <laughs> uh, as are I they told anticipating you, good results? <laughs> yeah, well, as I've told you, the first one is phenomenal. The yeah, second one, they av- they've added in Daniel Radli- Radcliffe okay. and um, Lizzie Kaplan. All right. And so I'm okay with that. Um, that's the rest of our news. Now we just have some trailers to look I at. I feel like we're getting caught up. We are. I feel, I feel better. We are. Okay. So, um, trailers? We're yeah, just going to talk about these couple? Yeah, we're going to uh, watch a couple of trailers, and then we'll uh, be right back. All right. So, we're only going to talk about the two trailers. Today. Yeah, we're going to talk about two movies. Uh, the first is Jason Bourne, oh, which is basically Bourne 5. Um, we saw a hint of this at the Super Bowl. Yep. But we had a full-length trailer now. Um, I am just going to say I was literally jumping out of my seat. Disgusting. Um, it's amazing. It's the fifth Bourne movie. They brought back Greengrass to, to direct it, who did the second and third one. Um Supremacy and Ultimatum. Yep. Um, of course, Matt Damon's back. Julia Stiles is back. They've added in Tommy Lee Jones and recent Oscar winner Alicia Vikander. Uh, Vincent Cassell plays the big baddie, so I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, I'm hoping for two things. Okay. One, they at least have to hint at the overarching story that happened in uh, Legacy, which was the one with... Uh, Oh, with the non yeah, non Damon, non Matt Damon. Oh, just call him non Damon. Uh, yeah, it was um non Damon. Dude, I can see him. <laughs> he was he plays Hawkeye. Um, oh, um, we just saw him at uh, San Jose. Brett Renner. No, no, Matthew Renner. No, right? Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. That's it. <laughs> We're gonna get there eventually. Um, they have Jeremy to hint at Renner. that. And if you remember the third one, uh, Ultimatum, they hinted at a long dormant relationship between uh born and the julie styles character yep um nikki and um they definitely hinted that definitely in the trailer here and oh, i really sure. they have to fulfill that or else i'm gonna be a little disappointed yeah um but the action looked sick right yeah i mean look <laughs> he grabs a molotov cocktail out of a demonstrator's hand throws it down beat some fools my favorite obviously which i'm sure we'll see it's very much reminiscent of uh you know, Indiana Jones yep. where dude jumps out, does all the, all the, you know, sword stuff and he just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he just comes out. Born just him. walks out. They're about to face and he just hits him once and yep. puts him down. It was amazing. Um, it, it, uh, goes into, um, Vegas, which I think is cool. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then the one I actually wasn't too excited about seeing, but now after seeing the trailer. Oh, I'm in. I'm all in. And that's the Magnificent Seven. And I, I, I'm a secret, like, secretly, I kind of love westerns. Right. Um, not old timey westerns, but like Tombstone, one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and of course you like the gunslinger and that's a western. And I love the gunslinger. I just, I secretly love this idea of these dudes in dusters walking around. With revolvers. Yeah, well, and I mean, you love Firefly. That's a Western. Well, and that's the thing. I guess, you just, okay. You don't I'm like, not secretly loving Westerns. Well, you I don't guess. like the spaghetti Westerns. You <laughs> no. don't like the old, like, uh, right. Sergio Leone, uh, uh, ones with, uh, Clint Eastwood. You're just yeah. not a fan of those. No, and I, and I, and I honestly, and, and I'm glad you brought up Firefly because yes, I, that is a, it's a space Western. It and is. I, um, and also Guardians of the Galaxy sort of reminds me of a Western a little bit. A little bit. In the way that just, um. Just the way uh, Chris Pratt played Star Lord. Exactly. And he's in this movie. Yes. And I have a feeling he's going to steal the show a little bit whenever he's on the screen. A little bit. But Denzel Washington's oh, in it. Denzel. Um, Ethan Hawke. It's going to be sick. I'm uh, pretty excited uh, about Peter this. Skarsgård is in it. It's really, really good. And it looks like, I think it was, uh, Anton Fuqua is directing it and he did Training Day and Equalizer. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, it's gonna be a good summer. It is, and the the great thing about Magnificent Seven is it's on a 
brilliant pedigree. It's a remake of an old western from the 60s with Yul Brenner, Charles Bronson, and uh, Steve McQueen, which are three names you just yeah. don't throw around lightly. Um, but that in the, of itself was a remake of an old Akira Kurosawa film called The Seventh Samurai. Right. So this movie has a long cinematic history. I can't, I can't wait for this movie. I'm excited about, I mean, what am I excited about? Civil War. I'm excited about, and we're getting in the summer. So what else we got this summer? Civil we have War, Magnificent Born, Seven, Born, Dory. Oh yeah, Dory's going to be good too. Um, this me, this another, uh, Independence oh, Day, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Independence Day. Yep. Um, it's, you know what we're going to have to do? I think our, when we do Civil War, we'll make that our, uh, summer kickoff one. Oh. Because Civil War is really the first major summer movie. That's a good point. Uh, anything that comes out first week of May is traditionally the first big summer movie. Um, so we'll make that our summer preview. And since we, and we'll, we'll hit some more trailers then too, cause we were light on trailers this week. And I think. Well, we are so heavy on news. Oh yeah. And, but when, now that we're caught up, we're going to be week to week again. And, when we get to Civil War, I think each, not each summer movie, but like maybe every other week, we do a real right. reviews and we hit any summer movies. Yeah, because uh, there's so the much stuff coming out now. So. And and we'll be off work and I'll be seeing movies. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that is uh, because we'll be seeing the Temple movies, but we're going to start getting the uh, information about what's coming out in the winter for Oscar buzz and stuff. Exactly. All right, man. Let's get out of here. Uh, I think it's good. All right. Uh, everybody. Uh, be sure to join us next time, but thanks for tuning in to the Usuals Real Reviews. We welcome all feedback. And so if you have any questions or comments or want to read anything we discuss on the show, you can find us at theusualpodcast.com. Email us at theusualpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Google+, Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, and the Swillator Network. You can also reach me at I am Will Griggs on Twitter. And Marshall can be found at, at Darth Pops. Indeed. We are on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and now on Google Play. Um, so take the time to give us a positive rating, like, and share us on all the social medias. Uh, don't forget to check out audibletrial.com slash the usual podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash the usual podcast. Uh, also go to our Portis support page. us page on uh, the usual podcast.com and check out Warby Parker and Gamefly. Thank you very much and uh, enjoy the show. Have a fun. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that. <laughs>